going on, guys? It's Dave Rosenbluth here, and this is a very special and unfortunate sudden edition of Kicking Out at Two. Normally on Wednesdays, each and every week, I, uh, I, I drop a new show, and you guys are probably expecting the Trading Places series covering January 4th, 1999, Monday Nitro versus WWF Raw with the finger poke of doom and Mick Foley's world title win. But um, some sad news came over the wrestling world earlier today, January the 2nd, 2019, as uh, the late, you know, great mean Gene Oakland has passed away. Uh, probably the greatest stick man, pitch man in the history of wrestling. Uh, a guy who was ahead of his time. Uh, the voice of not only just my generation, but many generations in, in, in wrestling history. Uh, someone who was a timeless classic. Uh, mean Gene Oakland, uh, unfortunately, no longer with us. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it would be fitting this evening if I uh, sat down and just gave you some of my thoughts and reflected on my, my fondest memories of the late, great Mean Gene Oakland. Um, uh, at, the, at the time of this recording, it's still unknown as to how he has passed away. I'm, I wasn't aware of any kind of recent health scares. I know in the last several years... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm fighting a cough, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, I know in the past several years, Oakland has uh, has taken uh, his health has um, has has been skeptical at times. Uh, some some kidney issues, uh, a bout of edema uh, at one point, from what I remember, uh, but nothing too serious that made you you know think that you know the late you know that means your Oakland was on the decline. I keep saying the late great. I gotta. Stop there. Um, he is the late great Mean Gene Oakland, but uh, you know it's it's it it, it it is a tough one for me um, as a fan because I I grew up watching him. I grew up, you know, he was a big part of my childhood as a wrestling fan uh, when the you know rock and wrestling era had first really hit the scene in in '86. Uh, that's when I started watching. I was three years old, as far as I can remember, and Mean Gene was a big part of that. You know, with names like Hulk Hogan and Cindy Lauper and Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant. Uh, Oakland was a big part of that, and you knew when you, they pitched it to Gene Oakland in the back that you know some serious business was going to go down. Uh, he'd asked all the tough, pertinent questions, and he had this ability, um, as you know, a backstage interviewer, commentator, whatever you would like to call him. He had this unbelievable ability to take someone who you looked at as mediocre and someone who you you didn't take their character very seriously and the way he presented that person made you look and believe it that 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 person was someone special um he really enhanced each guy's interview with what he brought to the table by how he asked the questions and how his presence in front of the camera his facial expressions when that individual would you know raise their voice or um get animated with their body language you know, Oakland added such a a a strong presence to the presentation as a viewer that um, it made you believe even more. So um, when it comes to Mean Gene Oakland, an individual who um, is one of a kind, ahead of his time, and someone that you know will sorely, sorely be missed. And uh, you know, while we stay on the subject of what you know Mean Gene Oakland has brought to the wrestling business. Um, I, I kind of went on social media to try and get some of your guys' thoughts on uh, on, on me, Gene Oakland, and his passing. And um, I'll go to uh, the Save American Wrestling page. Uh, a few individuals had commented. Uh, Dave Salinsky wrote, Man, 
Where would a person even begin when talking about Mean Gene? His voice just demanded your attention. He introduced so many of us to the wrestlers that we grew to love. There was always excitement in his voice when he did an interview. He was one of those guys who truly is a once-in-a-lifetime type of person. There simply isn't enough praise that can be bestowed upon him. Uh, Patrick Settles writes, Mean Gene was simply the best, period. Uh, Bob Scott Bob Scott wrote, Mean Gene made every talent he was interviewing look good. As a kid, I especially loved when he asked foreign wrestlers to speak to the audience in their native tongue. They may have just been saying, this is all of this language, I know, but it sounds good, doesn't it? But I loved it. And Joseph Davis writes, Gene had the best facial expressions when he was elevating the talent. I watch his interviews with Savage, Hogan, and the Bobby Heenan family on a regular basis. All great points made by all these individuals, Patrick, Bob, Dave, and Joseph. Thank you very much for uh, for, for contributing uh, your thoughts on the late, great Mean Gene Oakland. And like I said, there are times where Gene added so much to an interview that either did or didn't need it. But if it didn't need it, it certainly made it that much better. Um he could take a mediocre guy um, and and make that guy look like a million bucks and make him look like a star. Or he could just add more importance to an individual who didn't necessarily need Gene's rub. He he was good at at keeping out and, and letting the guy get their shine and, and putting themselves over. But at the same time, when he added his his flair of commentary or the way he questioned guys or, like I said, the facial expressions – it helped the presentation, and he certainly um, helped a lot of guys um, with their interviews and with their promos. And if some guys were lost, Gene kind of like put them in the right direction. And you can kind of tell in some of the old footage, uh, especially like early Bret Hart, um, when Bret Hart wasn't that much comfortable on the microphone in a singles role. Oakland would, uh, w- you know, w- would ask him a question, and Brett would kind of get a little bit lost, kind of like how I am right now discussing this. And uh, if he got lost, Gene just kind of picked him up right where he left off. And it was, um, it was certainly a, uh, it certainly made for a better interview. Um, of course, uh, you know, you could think of all the iconic moments that Mean Gene Oakland was a part of in. Uh, in wrestling history, of course, uh, you look back at um, when Hulk Hogan first won the WWF championship, uh, defeating the Iron Sheik, and he was celebrating in the locker room, and they had the big champagne shower with Andre the Giant, and Oakland got showered with champagne. Um, I, I, these, and I might miss a few, so please forgive me, uh, but you know, these are just a few that come off the top of my head. Of course, uh, um, the, uh, the famous... Uh, incident at the Royal Rumble in 1992 when he interviewed Ric Flair and he had that famous line, put that cigarette out. And, uh, you know, uh, or when Miss Elizabeth, when Macho Man proposed to Miss Elizabeth and, and Oakland was there to, uh, you know, kind of be the stick man for that. Um, God, the list goes on and on and on. I could go on forever talking about some of the great moments of, uh, the late great mean Gene Oakland. Um, I mean, I guess I'll continue. <laughs> I mean, this is this is. I, I want to do my best to pay tribute to a, a great man, a guy who entertained the fuck out of me when I was a kid. Uh, my dad, who didn't watch much wrestling, and I've talked about this before in previous shows. My dad wasn't the biggest wrestling fan, but when Gene Oakland came on the screen, he got a laugh out of Gene because my father was older, so he kind of understood Gene's humor. I didn't at a young age, but watching some of the stuff now uh, on the WWE Network, I get a lot of that humor. 
Um, I became very fond of uh, dirty old pervert Mean Gene Oakland during the later days in WCW. Um, even Gene's stuff in WCW was great. Uh, like I said, you knew important things were happening when uh, he was standing in front of the set of Nitro or WCW Saturday Night or Thunder or whatever the case may be, and he was interviewing the guys. You knew some important stuff was going down, and Mean Gene was overseeing all that as the uh, the, the pitch man, the interview guy. Um, his collaborations with Bobby Heenan on some of those Coliseum home videos are just classic, classic stuff when they went golfing with Sean Mooney on one of those super tapes. Um, the, the time he went to the Detroit Zoo, uh, I believe, with George the Animal Steel. Um, that, that was on a, I think that was on a, a special uh, Saturday Night's main event, I want to say. Um, his stuff on All-American Wrestling with Lord Alfred Hayes. I mean, Mean Gene Oakland was just one of the most entertaining guys. You could put him in any situation, whether it was serious or whether it was comedic, and he made it work. He was just all around um, a fabulous entertainer and a guy that you know nobody is going to replicate. Nobody can touch what Mean Gene Oakland has done um, in that in that role in wrestling history, past or future, you know, present or future. Excuse me. Um, he's just he he's a timeless classic. There, there there's nobody that's touching the late great Mean Gene Oakland. That's for sure. Um, you know we can we can continue on with some of you know, my favorite Mean Gene moments. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, there was a uh, I want to say it was um, was this a, was a Survivor Series or a, or a, um, oh no it was a Royal Rumble, and this is where like as I got older like. I, I became a bigger fan of Gene Oakland. Uh, it was during, it was the post-match between Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. And uh, Sensational Sherry at the time had just left Shawn Michaels and she was kind of siding with Jannetty and she cost Jannetty the match by accident because of her hatred for Michaels. And she's screaming and hollering. And uh, at one point, um, Oakland's trying to interview in the backstage and she's getting hysterical and he's like, God damn it, Sherry, knock it off. Like, <laughs> it was all, it, it sounded very real and it sounded very, and maybe it was, I don't know. I don't have inside knowledge, but um, his, his interactions with, uh, with the talent uh, you know, it just it just came across like he was getting frustrated with her that he couldn't get the segment across the way he wanted to, but it came across very funny. And his his delivery, his tone, that golden voice, like you just knew, like when you heard that voice of Mean Gene Oakland, you you knew like good. You were gonna see good things. You were gonna hear good things. I mean, all the classics he had with Randy Savage, the great interviews with Hulk Hogan, the interactions with Bobby the Brain Heenan when when Bobby Heenan um, uh, got slapped around by Andre the Giant at WrestleMania six, and Bobby Heenan uh, was was getting all worked up and flustered. Oakland was kind of really sticking it to him, and and Heenan was like, "You better watch your mouth. I'll punch you in the face." And I love how Oakland, even as a kid, and I love this. I loved how Oakland wasn't afraid of the bigger guys or the managers or the bad guys when they would like kind of pick on him. He kind of gave it back to him and and he almost had this like this this like funny Napoleon complex about him that would make you um w- would make you respect and believe that like earthquake's not going to slap Mean Gene around. He's Mean Gene Oakland. He's he's a legend. Like earthquake wouldn't dare do such a thing. Jimmy Hart wouldn't do such a thing. You know, the Mountie or 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 uh, Bobby Heenan, they wouldn't ever put their hands on Mean Gene Oracle. I mean, it was just some of the some of the some of that little stuff. He he made little things matter the most 
when most people don't look at that sort of stuff. I have a tendency to look at the little things. But um, I, I also loved uh, some of the bloopers and uh, the things that you saw in later years. And uh, one of my favorite Mean Gene bloopers was, um, was, of course, the most infamous one where it was at SummerSlam 89. He was interviewing Rick Rude ahead of his match with the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship, and the sign behind Oakland falls down, and Oakland says, oh, fuck it, and then they cut right to the audience, and you go back to Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura on commentary, and Ventura kind of... Uh, Ventura kind of alludes to the fact that Oakland got Oakland's pretty worked up. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him or something to that effect. I don't remember. I don't have it, you know, quote quote for quote on me about it. But um, nonetheless, uh, you know, that's probably one of my favorite Oakland bloopers. And uh, the the dirty old man pervert that his that they tried to incorporate into um, uh, his character at the end of WCW, I thought was some pretty good stuff. Uh, uh, there was one pay-per-view in particular. It was Fall Brawl 2000. And Oakland was kind of on a roll at some point um, with uh, a few of the... With, with, during some of the, the interviews backstage. There was one interview with the Natural Born Thrillers. It was uh, Mike Sanders, Sean Stasiak, Sean O'Hare, Mark Jindrak, Chuck Palumbo, Johnny Stamboli, and I believe Reno. And they were a bunch of the young guys from the power plant. This was towards the end of WCW when they were throwing everyone on TV. And they were trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. And there's a lot of young guys here. Um, Stasiak probably had the most experience out of them all. Because uh, he was on WWF TV at, uh, a year prior. Anyhow, um, Mike Sanders was kind of like the, the, the general of this group. And he made some smart-ass remark to Oakland. And Oakland said, why don't you blow it out your ass, you prick? And, <laughs> and, and then one of the other guys grabbed Oakland and he's like, O'Hare, I know guys that, that can blow out your kneecaps. And, and just the, the, the smart-ass comments, like, I died laughing because I didn't expect that from him. You know, it was funny as hell. He, he sounded like a disgruntled old man. It just made for it, it made for a, a really funny segment. And then later on in the evening, um, I'll never forget. Um, he was interviewing Jeff Jarrett, or no, he was interviewing Sting. Excuse me. And Sting uh, was attacked by Jeff Jarrett in the backstage area, and Jarrett was beating him up. And Oakland's like, Jarrett, Jarrett, stop, Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, you crazy bastard! And Jarrett turned around after Oakland said that, like he was gonna haul off on and 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 you know part part the rest of his three hairs on the top of his head with one shot to the shot to the face. And Oakland stood up to him, and it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny, um, and they kind of continued that a little bit. Uh, with, with his interactions with even Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, to this day, is still very intimidating looking and someone you sh probably shouldn't fuck with. And, you know, little mean Gene Oakland um, telling Scott Steiner to watch his mouth and, uh, you know, blow it out your ass. And, you know, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? And, uh, you know, do you, do you kiss the hoochies with that mouth? It was just, just some funny stuff. I mean, I can't say enough, you know, when it comes to funny things about... Uh, about Mean Gene Oakland. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him on a couple of occasions. And uh, the first time I met him, I was 15 years old. And I, I some of you may know that listen to the show, I used to be in the restaurant business for a number of years. I cooked. Um, those of you that 
are aspiring to be in the restaurant business, don't get involved whatsoever. <laughs> this is my advice to you. But anyway, I was 15. I was working for a catering company who um, had the account locally in the area with um, the local promoter to do all the cooking and uh, preparing food for a lot of the, uh, the, the musical acts that came through in the local arenas. And uh, for some of you that are local in the Connecticut area, you are and if you're a wrestling fan, I'm sure you're familiar with the old Hartford Civic Center, which is now known as the XL Center. And uh, it was an evening um, in 1998, in August of 98, WCW held Monday Nitro there. And that was the, the, the night that uh, is most remembered for when the Ultimate Warrior made his debut in WCW. And he cut that three and a half hour long promo on Nitro confronting Hogan. So anyhow, uh, the guy I was working for, he tells me, he goes, he goes, you like wrestling, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, we're going to be doing Nitro at the Civic Center. I said, get out. I go, my mother got me a ticket. I got a ticket to go. And he goes, well, he goes, you don't need a ticket now. He goes, you're going to be, you're going to be cooking for the wrestlers. I said, no. I said, no way. He's like, yeah. So um, I said to him, you know, uh, what can I do? Um, and he goes, pick whatever job you want, but, uh, you know, except for uh, setting up the dressing rooms. I said, okay. So I, uh, I I ended up bussing tables that day while the guys were all eating and catering. So I just grabbed their plates and their and their cups or whatever when they were done. And uh, I was, um, I was uh, you know, uh, introducing myself to the guys. At the time I had a broken hand. It was a, fo- it was a, it was a weight room accident as I was training for football. I was, I was going into my sophomore year of high school. And so, like I said, I got to meet all the guys. I ended up eating lunch with Kevin Nash and uh, Ray Mysterio and Disco Inferno and a few other guys that day. Um, it was a funny story. Nash um, asked me if I took my lunch break. Yeah, I said no. And he goes, who's your boss? I said, that guy standing over there. And Nash walked up to him and said, can you let the busboy take a lunch break? He's going to sit with us. And that was probably the coolest thing that ever happened to me that day. But anyhow, um, as I'm going around busting tables, I'm like meeting a who's who. Uh, Rick Steiner, Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, Bret Hart, Diamond Dallas Page, and Kimberly. Uh, I met Rey Mysterio when he wasn't wearing his mask. Uh, this is 1998, so it was pretty cool. Um, Eddie Guerrero, Sting, Goldberg. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so I'm standing, I'm standing at a table, cleaning up a table, and there's Bobby Heenan, uh, Mean Gene Oakland, Mike Tanay, Dusty Rhodes, Larry Zbysko. And they're all kind of talking amongst themselves. And one of them, I think, asked me for a Diet Coke. And then I introduced myself and said I was a big fan. And they were all, you know, thankful. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. And um, Mean Gene then uh, says to me, he goes, you know, can I sign something for you? Um, And uh, I said, sure. And so I had like a little pad of paper on me. And um, he goes, what's your name again? I said, Dave. He goes, Dave, come here, come here. Get closer. I want you to hear this. And as I, I drop, I put the bus tub um, on a ch- sitting on a chair off to the side. And uh, he says to me, he goes, I want you to take this phone number and give it a call. And he starts dialing out the old WCW hotline number, 1-900-909-9900. And I, at 15 years old, I'm thinking to myself, he's shilling the, the, the hotline backstage. He's not, like, we're not even, they're not even on the air, and he's still shilling this phone number. Like, this is great. And I got a kick out of it. And he says, call that number if you want all the latest scoops and all the world of wrestling. He goes, I got all of them for you. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And then he said, no. And then he said, seriously, he goes, 
He goes, here, give me your pad. So he takes my pad of paper and he wrote, to Dave, uh, best wishes, mean gene, bite me. And he, he, I looked at it and I started laughing. He saw it and he kind of like, he gave me a wink at a, like one of those and was just like, I'll, I'll see you down the road, kid. <laughs> and, 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 and if the, the situation didn't get any better, um, as I was trying to clean up the table when the guys were all done, I had asked them if they needed anything else. And Bobby Heenan looks at me and says, yeah, can you scratch my nuts? Both of them. And Mike Tanay like, spit out his soda. And I think Dusty and Zabisco were laughing, too. And I got a kick out of it. And then they all signed. I believe Heenan signed something for me. Um, the others didn't. Uh, no, actually, no. Tanay did as well. Mike Tanay did as well. Dusty and Zabisco, I think they took off. But, um, yeah, that was, my, that was uh, a fun experience. And uh, then uh, a number of years later... I went to uh, WrestleMania in Detroit in 2007. It was WrestleMania 23, and I uh, I struck up a friendship with the Hurricane Shane Helms, and he ended up getting me into the uh, the WrestleMania after party at the hotel, which was a lot of fun. Like everybody was there. It was so cool. It's one of the best experiences as a wrestling fan uh, that I got to be a part of that, and I'm very thankful to this day. I so anyhow, um, I'm standing at the bar getting something to drink, and. Uh, I see Bobby Heenan, so I go over to, to to introduce myself to him. And before I before I was introducing myself to him and all the other guys, uh, Shane, you know, Hurricane had said to me, he goes, just mention you're with me, and you know, you know, don't go too crazy, but you know, just mention you're with me, and uh, you know, most of the guys know me anyway, so you know, they'd be glad to sign something for you, take a picture, or whatever. I didn't bring anything to sign, and I didn't bring a camera with me to take a picture at the time because um, I didn't want to feel like I was too much of a mark, but um, I introduced myself to Bobby Heenan, and we chatted for like a, a couple of minutes, and Gene Orkeland was, he had had a few, I'll just say that, to, to, to put it lightly, and he was enjoying himself, uh, he was enjoying some of his uh, his, his adult sodas, and <laughs> he he says to Bobby Heenan, he goes, um, he goes, he goes, Bobby, I'm going to the bar, he goes, I know you don't drink, but I'll have another one for you. <laughs> and and he just mosey onto the bar and I think Bobby said something sarcastic back to him and just the, the the on-screen humor that you saw between those two I got to see that in person in real life which I thought was pretty cool it wasn't something that was just produced on camera it was a real life on-screen friendship and chemistry that they have that I got to see which was pretty awesome um and one last personal note regarding um, myself and the late great Mean Gene Oakland. During my time on the Ken Reedy show, um, I almost had the opportunity to interview Mean Gene Oakland. It was uh, just over a year ago, I want to say, maybe a year and a half ago. I don't remember. But um, Mr. Fuji had passed away. And Ken had a contact through Sirius XM Radio who had Gene Oakland's number. And he said, he goes, Oakland will do an interview for you, no problem. And so when Ken told me this, I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, Mean Gene Oakland, this is like, this would be so cool. And so um, basically the interview was going to be talking about Oakland's experiences working and traveling with Mr. Fuji. So anyhow, um, they were trying, Ken was trying to get, um, Ken had gotten Oakland's number. He had spoken to him. Um, or no, he didn't get, no, he got Oakland's number, but he didn't speak to him ahead of time. He had to call him on the air. And so, um, 
unfortunately, my work schedule would not allow me to to uh, to participate in this, which I was pretty bummed about. Um, Ken had the the honor and the privilege of uh, interviewing him, and it was like a quick, like I think it was like a twenty, maybe thirty minute uh, recording. Uh, you can find on the Ken Reedy Show uh, iTunes. Um, but he was he was getting ready to go golfing. So he only had a little bit of time. So he talked about his time with Mr. Fuji, and he kind of kept it short and sweet. And, uh, you know, Oakland kind of left the door open for a a future interview down the road, uh, which I was definitely going to make sure I was a part of. And unfortunately, uh, that wouldn't be the case. And uh, as this news of his passing had had trickled through, um, I... uh, my wife had informed me that for my birthday uh, coming up this month in January, she had gotten me tickets to a meet and greet at a wrestling convention where Mean Gene Oakland was going to be. Um, there, the Pro Wrestle Fest is doing a the largest NWO reunion on March the second from the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut, and. I bought tickets to the convention, and for my birthday, my wife had asked me, who would you like to meet? And uh, Oakland was, and I'm not saying this because he's just passed, but it's the truth. Um, Oakland was at the top of the list. Um, him and Scott Steiner and uh, uh, Sean Waltman and uh, Brutus Beefcake. Because, uh, you know, I had met Hall and Nash. Um, I, I'm... I'm going to be meeting Eric Bischoff the night before at the, the live show with him and Bruce Pritchard. So I wanted to meet guys that, you know, and, and take a picture with and have an 8 by 10 so I can hang it up in my studio. And uh, Oakland was the number one on the list. And I believe there was a thing where you could do like a, you could film like a 30 second promo with him where he'll hold the mic and uh, they record it and then they send you a link and you can keep the video. Well, um, my wife had just informed me and she showed me just, you know, uh, she, she told me earlier today and then she showed me the, the, the email confirmation. She paid for a meet and greet with, with, with me and uh, Gene Oakland. And that was one of the ones that my wife was looking forward to. Uh, my wife's watched a little bit of wrestling. She grew up watching it. Not a, not a diehard like me, but she, she enjoys it. It doesn't bother her. And uh, she was actually looking forward to meeting me and Gene, too. Uh, we would watch the Legends House show on the WWE Network and Oakland's uh, interactions with Pat Patterson and, the, and their hijinks on the show and that, like, dirty old man that Oakland kind of portrayed on that show was, was very funny. And um, I, uh, I can't say enough fond happy memories i have both as a fan and personally of the late great mean gene oracle and someone like i said i I'll, I'll overstate it to death because it can't be overstated enough the greatest stick man in the history of the business the great like I, I, my father has said it before and i and i would have to agree with him when we've talked about mean gene oracle and he is the kind of guy that he was so good in, in, in what he did in wrestling he could have been someone you could have seen as a sideline reporter or a locker room reporter for like you know the National Football League or Major League Baseball or the NBA. Like, you could see Mean Gene Oakland calling professional sports. Like, that's how good he was. That golden voice and it just, you know, radiated through your television screens or through your your, your headsets if you were listening to him uh, on the radio or whatever the case may be. He just had that voice that just made you look at him like he was legit. Like, he was, he, he was the real deal. 
You know what I mean? All wrestling and has always been very larger than life. You had all these kinds of cartoonish characters, but when you got Mean Gene Oakland in front of that TV, it was all business. And I've, I know I said that a few times earlier, and I'll say it again. But um, I can't say enough good about what he brought to me as a fan. And uh, I know a lot of wrestling fans around the world are mourning this loss. Um, to the friends and family and to all wrestling fans, um, our heartfelt condolences here at Kicking Out It too, to the late, great, mean Gene Oakland. And I would like to leave you with some very fitting words by the late, great, mean Gene Oakland from his Hall of Fame speech his WWE Hall of Fame speech in April of 2006. Once again, thank you all so very much for uh, for being a part of this special tribute to the late, great Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, Trading Places, Raw vs. Nitro, January 4th, 1999, will be dropping later this week. I wanted to do the right thing and pay homage to the great Mean Gene Oakland, and I thought pushing back the posting of my our Trading Places series was the most appropriate thing to do. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. And uh, yes, once again, thank you very much and good night. And in closing, finally, I'd like to say this. If one day I'm called up to the big house, if I'm called, they'll have a funeral. I want you to bury me face down. And then all of my critics can kiss my ass. (laughs) 